This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of Now and Not Yet. Pressing in when you're waiting, wanting, and restless for more. Written and narrated by best-selling author Ruth Cho Simons and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. You know, she was a little bit timid and shy in the very beginning, but it took her about five minutes mm-hmm. and we started blowing bubbles. We had wow. we had been told maybe to bring yeah. some things to distract her. And we started blowing bubbles and she just started giggling mm-hmm. and laughing and it just broke the ice. Yes. And it was just, I feel like we were just in love mm-hmm. at first sight. Yeah. And all of us. Right. Like they she charmed us, like mm-hmm. with her giggles and her laughs. And then from that moment on, I feel like she clung on to me. Mm. And I think because I'm the one in the family who speaks Mandarin. Right. And so she couldn't really understand the other members of our family very well. And so I think she attached to me right away. And it was almost like I was her security blanket and she wouldn't let go. From Christianity Today, you're listening to Adopting Hope, a podcast about adoptive, foster, and spiritual mothering. I'm Joyce Koo Dowerpole. And I'm Sasha Parker. We're both moms, and we're both adoptive moms. And on each episode of our show, you'll hear from a mom and sometimes a dad about their journey in adoption and foster care. Our hope is that this podcast provides hope and encouragement as you hear these stories. Whether you're an adoptive, foster, or spiritual mother yourself, an adoptee, or someone who just wants to encourage and love adoptive and foster parents. These stories are all windows into the gospel, the story of a God who adopts us and loves us with a redeeming love, and whose love empowers and compels us to extend that love through the unique joys and challenges that come from adoption and foster care. Thanks for tuning in. We pray this encourages you as you listen. And even when our hearts are breaking, even when our souls are shaking, oh, oh, oh we've got this hope. I'm excited that today I get to interview you, Joyce. I've heard bits and pieces, but not the full story of how you adopted Hannah. Well, I've only adopted once, Sasha, so this interview won't take as long as yours with all of your adoptions. But I love to share because I've also experienced some God interventions and confirmations along the way in our journey bringing Hannah home into our family was one of the hardest but most rewarding things I've ever done. What was life like for you growing up? And as a child, did you have any thoughts about adoption or did you have any friends or in your church? I wasn't exposed to adoption growing up, but I always had a heart for it. Mm. I'm not sure exactly where it came from. Mm -hmm. Um, My own mom lost her mother when she was three years old. And I just, it was such a hole in her life, Mm. her whole entire life, you know? And so... I think I had a heart for kids who just didn't have a parent Mm -hmm. or had lost parents. This is going to sound funny, but Mm -hmm. my favorite movie growing Mm -hmm. up was Annie. And I watched that over and over again, which is not necessarily a realistic movie, but just somehow it touched a chord in my heart. Mm -hmm. And 
So I, I had a sense that maybe I wouldn't wanted to adopt. Mm-hmm. Um, when Tim, my now husband and I were dating, I still remember even having a conversation, would you be open to adoption? And, mm-hmm. and we both were. Mm-hmm. Um, and his family, they had family of origin. They had adopted a girl from Korea. Mm-hmm. So he has an adopted sister. And so I think that gave him a heart to adopt from an early age as mm-hmm. well. So we were both just open. I don't mm-hmm. think we were certain about anything, but we were we knew we wanted biological children and that we would be open mm-hmm. to adopting. Yeah. That's so beautiful just to think of you as a little girl and the Lord developing empathy in your heart for a single mom or for just a child going through the loss of a parent. I mean, even as a little child, he was sowing those seeds in. And that's Mm -hmm. really beautiful. So who stepped in for your mom at that point in her life? You know, I just really feel like it's the grace of God Mm -hmm. who was watching over her. There's a scripture about how God is a father Mm -hmm. to the fatherless. She did have a dad, a very loving Mm -hmm. dad and a stepmother, but she just never, you know, she never felt that connection that, you know, you always wonder, well, what's your birth mother like? Right. And so I think I have a sense that God was watching over her, mm. even though she didn't know God at that mm. point as a, as a little girl. And then somehow those seeds were sown in my mm-hmm. heart through her story of wanting to be a mother, you know, to, right. to a child who didn't have that. Fast forward when my first job out of college was as a TV reporter for just a couple of years. And during that time, I did a news story about families who adopted children from China. Mm. It was, you know, a, a short couple minute piece for the nightly news. But I was so captivated by these families who had adopted mm. um, and that I knew I wanted to develop that into mm. a longer piece. It ended up that I wrote and produced a a, a half-hour documentary profiling four different families who had adopted, all Mm. for different reasons at different stages. But it was then that I felt a stronger sense of almost like a calling Mm. that we were going to adopt, and particularly from China, Mm. because I'm Chinese, Mm -hmm. Chinese-American, and I just had a sense that, you know, we could provide a home. There's a, a there's a cultural understanding that I have. Yes. I don't have the language barrier that we would go to China mm. to adopt. And at that time period, it was only girls. Right. There were there were mostly girls, I should say, mm-hmm. because of the one child policy. Mm-hmm. And now it's different. Uh, you can adopt boys and girls, mm-hmm. mostly those with special needs from China. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we ended up ultimately adopting a little girl with um, a heart defect mm. from China. Okay. Let's go back a little bit. So yeah. first, well you, well, you got married and then you had two biological daughters. Mm-hmm. So how mm-hmm. old were they when you started talking about adoption? They were about four and maybe five. Okay. Yeah, five and eight. Okay. And we had actually been doing foster care respite. Oh, okay. Um, I started volunteering for an organization called Promise 686. Through that, I just got to know a lot of families who were fostering and adopting Mm -hmm. and wanting to really support those families. So we brought meals or we babysat their kids. And so having just 
a community of families who are fostering, adopting around us. My kids knew that. Mm. And they, even I remember they were playing with their little stuffed animals. Mm -hmm. They would pretend play like I'm fostering this one and then adopt this one. And it was just Mm. such a normal part of their lives to to see that. It was just normal. Wow. So you began the journey. Did you know right away? It sounds like you did, that you did want to go to China. Yeah. Well, it was a long process because, you know, we were married for gosh, 18 years okay. before we adopted. Wow. And so during those those 18 years, you know, we, like you said, we had two biological mm-hmm. kids. And I thought that kind of after my second one was born, I said, if we have a third one, we're going to adopt. Yeah. But I wasn't sure at that point. Mm-hmm. My husband had a health issue kind mm-hmm. of when my youngest, after my youngest was born. Um, he's fine now. But then my life happened. You know, mm-hmm. my father ended up having cancer and passing away. So all of wow. that time where I thought... I'd be pursuing adoption. It was on hold. Okay. And I was just praying on and off, sometimes mm. more fervently than other times about, Lord, is this your will for us to adopt? Mm. Or is it just to support other families who right. are adopting? And I thought for a while, maybe it was supporting other foster families mm-hmm. and adoptive families, and that would be our call. But then one day, yeah. I was going through my Facebook feed, mm-hmm. and I saw a picture of a little girl from China with a heart defect. And they were, wow. it was um, from a friend who was advocating for her. Mm. She was a, a child who, because she had special needs, she was ready to to be adopted. Mm. And so they, um, she was advocating for her. And I just, when I saw the picture, there was mm. just a couple sentences. Somehow my heart was just mm. drawn at, to mm. her. And I talked to my husband that very night, like, should we ask for her file? We had not filled out a single piece of paperwork, Mm -hmm. done a home study, nothing. But he was just like, yes, like ask for her file. I called the adoption agency the very next day and they said, Mm -hmm. well, we have several families who are already interested and in line kind of. Mm -hmm. They had done the paperwork already, but I gave them our biographical information and Mm -hmm. And I remember hanging up the phone and and thinking, God, if this is your will, you will make a way. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, I was thinking like it's very low probability mm-hmm. that this will happen. Yeah, I just left it at that and sort of we went on vacation the mm-hmm. next day and I called a friend mm-hmm. who is a cardiologist um, just to kind of ask mm-hmm. questions about the little girl's heart condition and mm-hmm. kind of just prayed about it. But a week later, we got an email from the agency asking if we were still interested in this little girl, but that we had something like 24 hours to decide whether to say yes or not, because the file would expire. There's a time Mm -hmm. limit that these files are with a particular agency Mm -hmm. before they go on a shared list. At least that's how it worked a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. And so we got her file. Mm -hmm. We did sort of some research and then we prayed and we were like, God, we need an answer really quickly. (laughs) And we wanted it to be a family decision Mm. that the kids were on board. Yeah, We didn't want it just to be like, mom and dad wants to Mm -hmm. do this. So we talked to our Sophia, our oldest Mm -hmm. and Sarah. Um, Sarah's immediate reaction was excitement. She was like all in right away. Um, Mm. Sophia started crying Mm. and she just was like, no, I, mm. I don't want to adopt. And um, we were in the car. We were on vacation, so we were in the car mm-hmm. to go hiking. Mm-hmm. And we um, we stopped, once we got to our destination, we asked her on the hike to pray about it mm. and to ask 
what the Lord wants mm. and to just try to hear from the Lord. Mm-hmm. We said, we don't want to talk about it anymore. Just let's go on this hike mm. and just pray and listen. And so she, I think she was eight at the time. She went on this hike. Mm. She came after the hike, she came up to me and gave me a hug. <sighs> and this was a girl who was just in tears. right yeah. before that. And she said, you know, I don't want to do it, but I think God would want us mm. to do it. And then another like half hour later, we were having lunch and she's come skipping up to me (laughs) and she's like um, excited. She's Mm. like, I want to adopt. I want to adopt. God had changed her heart Mm. in the course of like an hour and a half. Mm. And our prayers to God were that he would do it quickly because we only had a limited (laughs) amount of time before we had to get back to the agency Mm -hmm. that afternoon. And so we were able to um, tell the agency yes. Wow. And they still had paperwork we had to fill out and there were other a couple other mm-hmm. families interested. So we didn't know until a couple days later whether they would pick us or mm-hmm. not. We just felt like they knew nothing about us. Right. <laughs> yeah. So we wrote a letter to them on the plane mm. coming home from vacation and submitted it like at 2 a.m. They were making a decision the next day. Wow. Just a story about our family. And then we just prayed and left mm-hmm. it into God's hands. And then the very next day, it was we got the notification that we had been mm-hmm. selected to be her parents. And it just happened mm-hmm. after 18 years of like marriage and yeah. praying on and off about adoption. Right. The actual match happened so quickly. Right. I've never heard that part of the story, how sweet it was that the Lord gave you that time to actually be on vacation together, to not have all these different poles, different places you're going. And then also to just be on a hike as a family where you're, this is kind of where you're laying it all out. And then for the Lord to also just give Sophia that time to process it. And obviously it it had to happen quick, the decision, but it's such a beautiful picture of how he cares about each person's heart in the story. Yes. And each person matters in this journey. That's right. That's right. And for us, it was important for mm-hmm. the, and it depends. Your kids may be really young if you right. have young biological kids, but when you start the adoption, but for us, we just felt a sense of like, we wanted this to be a family decision right? because our kids were a little bit older. Yeah. And so that was a conviction we had. Mm-hmm. If we were going to go forward, it would be all together. Yeah. And then we were like, Lord, you really need to work. Right. And work quickly. Yeah. And he did. <laughs> you have 24 hours. And yeah. then she was, and once her heart changed, yeah. it really did change. Right. Like, she became excited and she shared with our neighbors, we're getting a baby from Facebook. Oh my. Um, and so my neighbor <laughs> oh like my. calls me. It's just like, is it true? Are you getting a baby from Facebook? And I was like, yeah, kind of. Right. <laughs> That's it. We're, That's first hilarious. of all, we're not getting a baby. She's three. And yeah. yes, we saw her first on Facebook, mm. but we still have to go through all of that right. long paperwork yeah. process. So how long did it take you to, you know, yeah, all that so the match, of course, happened so quickly. Mm-hmm. And then it, from the time we got matched to the time we actually went to China is a year. Okay. Um, and it felt like the like the longest year of my yes. life. Um, and right. I think knowing who she was, that she was out there mm-hmm. and not being able to get to her, mm-hmm. just, it, just every day was so long mm-hmm. and praying for her. And I think people who get matched later on in the process, and now for China, you have to have a home study mm-hmm. before you even are able to get matched. For us, mm-hmm. it was, the advantage was, it was a real motivation for me to get yes. all my paperwork done right. as quickly as possible. Yeah. So I was really driven. I wanted to get to her as fast mm-hmm. as I could. 
But I think it was also the waiting was hard. Yeah. But God grew my heart for her in the waiting mm-hmm. and in the praying and mm-hmm. just trusting that even though I wasn't there, that again, he's a father to the fatherless, mm-hmm. that he was watching over her that whole time, mm-hmm. providing the care that she needed, even right. though I wasn't there. Right. You traveled, you all went together to China to bring little Hannah home. Yeah. What was that like? Well, there were confirmations along the way. Yes. So once we got matched, we found out that her actual birthday, so they keep it confidential. And this was a confirmation that God had, I I feel like he has ordained this Mm. before time, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. before the creation of the world, he's ordained Hannah uh, to be ours because um, all of our birthdays are actually in September. Mm. And this little girl's birthday is actually September, at the end of September. And all of my children are September birthdays in Mm. birth order. Wow. Like starting with mine at the Mm. beginning of September, then my oldest a week later, then my middle three years and one week later, and then three years and one week later is Hannah's. So that was one confirmation. Mm -hmm. And then we also found out the exact area she's from in China, which we didn't know before we were matched. And she's from the same area in China where my maternal um, side of the family is from. Wow. And so they speak the same, you know, it's Mandarin, but it's with a a Beijing accent. Mm. Um, So there's all these confirmations along Mm. the way. And then when we... You asked about us getting to China and we Mm -hmm. did take the whole family, which for us was the right decision. Mm -hmm. We wanted our children to be able to see where Hannah is from, Mm -hmm. that they would develop a sense of compassion and just sort of understanding of kind of her, her roots. And that ended up being the absolute right decision for us. Right, right. So what was it like meeting Hannah for the first time? You know, it was actually quite magical. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was so afraid that um, we wouldn't, maybe she would bond with Tim Mm -hmm. and not bond with me because sometimes you, you know, you know, she was a little bit timid and shy in the very beginning, but it took her about five minutes Mm -hmm. and we started blowing bubbles. We had, we had been told maybe to bring some things to distract her and we started blowing bubbles and she just started giggling Mm -hmm. and laughing and it just broke the ice. Yes. And it was just, I feel like we were just in love Mm -hmm. at first sight and all of us. Right. Like, they, she charmed us like mm-hmm. with her giggles and her laughs. And then from that moment on, I feel like she clung on to me. Mm-hmm. And I think because I'm the one in the family who speaks Mandarin. Right. And so she couldn't really understand the other members of our family very well. Right. And so I think she attached to me right away. And it was almost like I was her security yeah. blanket and she wouldn't let go. What a gift that you were able to give Hannah that you could communicate with her with our adoptions i mean that was one of the hardest things with our international adoptions is not as the mother not being able to i mean we would learn some basics but right. to not be able to comfort and yeah. to with words i mean you could in other ways but right. what a gift to give to hannah they were definitely um you know just such beautiful moments mm-hmm. and where you just kind of step back and you're like, wow, mm-hmm. God's grace, you're knitting us together mm-hmm. as a family. But there were also just a lot of moments of of not only the physical exhaustion, yeah. but I just felt completely drained emotionally, mm-hmm. spiritually. Mm-hmm. And I ended up, 
you know, I think the very beginning mm-hmm. was sort of a, more of a honeymoon period. Right. And although Hannah had hard moments in that, there were joyful moments and just everything was just novel and mm-hmm. just exciting to to be to, to finally be together. But I think once she felt safer with us, right. she actually, and the honeymoon period was over, mm-hmm. she actually regressed mm-hmm. and started having more tantrums mm-hmm. and longer tantrums. Mm-hmm. That was probably about six months in to our, our adoption. Yeah. Which you're at this point kind of depleted. Oh, yeah. So then yeah. for it to kind of get into a... <laughs> I wasn't expecting uh, yeah, that. Yeah. So it kind of threw me like I thought we were making progress and why is mm-hmm. she regressing? Thankfully, I was part of an adoption support mm. group, which was really a lifeline for yes. me. Talking with them, I kind of understood that she felt safe enough mm-hmm. to go back to a stage that she had missed. So mm-hmm. she had probably missed the terrible twos, right. you know, and often adoptive kids will go back to a stage they missed mm. and it won't be as long necessarily like mm. as, you know. But they need to to go back and make up that stage in order to develop and move mm-hmm. forward. Um, and so understanding that helped. And then yeah. I also was at the end of myself. Like mm-hmm. I really just felt like I wasn't able to be the mom mm-hmm. that Hannah needed for me to be, mm-hmm. to love her unconditionally. Like mm-hmm. I just felt like I ran out of patience I didn't know how to love her through those tantrums mm-hmm. very well. Um, so I actually went to go seek help myself mm-hmm. and I went to a Christian counselor. Mm-hmm. That was a pivotal experience for mm-hmm. me. And I think, yeah, just realizing and going to this counselor who showed me, I think that, yes, she may be progressing. She was progressing on every other front, like physically, she was making great strides. Mm-hmm linguistically she was learning English so quickly Mm -hmm. but emotionally that it would take a lot longer even years Mm -hmm. and that actually helped me to understand that it's okay like Mm -hmm. it wasn't like we were going way backwards right this was this was okay Mm -hmm. and she was okay and that I needed to also learn to forgive her Mm -hmm. and for for taking up so much space in our family Mm -hmm. so that was actually super helpful but at the same time, I was pleading with the Lord yeah, because I felt like, okay, Lord, I can't do this. The act of forgiving, like we we can will it, but to have mm-hmm. that heart change mm-hmm. and then the love that I so desperately wanted to have for her mm-hmm. in that hard period, like I just felt like humanly speaking, mm-hmm. I was limited. Mm-hmm. And so just praying and asking God for him to give me his heart Mm -hmm. for her to see her through his eyes Mm. was my prayer. Mm. And he intervened. Mm. (laughs) He answered that prayer Mm. because in part, I felt like I hadn't had the chance to bond with her Mm -hmm. as a baby. When you, when you are um, a biological mother, you have Mm -hmm. that whole time of bonding Mm -hmm. as with an infant before they hit the terrible twos. And I hadn't, I didn't have that time. And so God in his mercy and his grace, answered that prayer by kind of showing, giving me a picture of what her life was like Mm. before she came to us. Mm -hmm. And those stages that I missed, I Mm -hmm. almost felt like I saw a movie of Mm. her life before she came to us. Mm. Pictures in my mind of when her birth mother kind of abandoned her Mm. and when she was taken into the orphanage and then transferred to Mm. a place called New Day Foster Home, a medical Mm. group foster home who took care of her for 
the many years before we mm. got there and through her heart surgery that she had in China. Mm. Like I just felt like I saw pictures, scenes of that. Mm-hmm. And it, and I was weeping when I saw this, wow. just seeing that um, it, God gave me such a compassion for her. And then it just, it just changed my heart. Like I mm. felt like I bonded with her through that, mm. through those years that I missed yeah. and seeing that. So it was such a, a um, an answered prayer and an, mm. um, that God gave me as I was able to have that heart of compassion um, towards her. I still got frustrated when she had tantrums, but mm-hmm. I wasn't angry like right. I was. And I felt like that helped her come out of those tantrums more quickly. Right. The more stories that I'm hearing about adoption and empathy is such an important piece of it. Yes, and yes. we can't fully understand our children's story or, you know, other people's stories. But when we can get a little bit of a vision of just some of the suffering that they've gone through yes. and the brokenness and the loss. I mean, we can't fully understand, but if we can just taste it a little bit and that can, we can carry that out into our parenting. I mean, it changes everything. Yes. And I think that's exactly what mm-hmm. that was that the Lord gave me was mm-hmm. the gift of being able to understand her loss. Right. And cause I felt so much more compassionate, mm-hmm. like, wow, she has been through so much loss. Right. And I knew that, right? you know, I knew yeah. that intellectually, but I really felt it right. um, on a heart level. Yeah. I think you're right. Like I think, parent, and I had, you know, both of us, we've mm-hmm. had our biological kids first. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I thought I was equipped. Yeah, right. Um, I was like, I've had, and I had a yeah. really strong-willed mm-hmm. biological kid. And mm-hmm. I thought, okay, I've done this parenting right. thing before. I've read all the books. Mm-hmm you know, before adopting and, and just mm. been in that world through right. others who adopted. So I thought, oh, I'm equipped. Right. But until you're walking in it, yeah. I just, I didn't like, I just, mm. it took so much out of me yeah. that it was really a dependence on the right. Lord. And when we're, when you're exhausted and you feel like you're at the end of yourself, we just can't, we cannot do it in our own strength. Mm-hmm. And we need kind of like you were saying, just that moment where the Lord changed your heart and gave you his strength to parent her and and also to not just look at the behaviors and kind of think, okay, these this there's something behind all of this. There's yes. a story behind each behavior. And it really does help you just not react. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. but to really enter in Mm-hmm. with an understanding heart and but it is hard when you're exhausted and oh, you're yeah. depleted and your whole world has changed <laughs> and but it also it kind of gives you an understanding of what they've gone through too. I mean they have lost everything. Everything, everything and everything has changed and you know yeah. I mean our worlds have changed to a certain degree. Um our families have changed but yeah this is their losses so, it's so complete. It's, and I yeah. think um, I had this moment mm-hmm. in China when we were about to leave the country mm-hmm. and the gravity of kind of taking her from her homeland mm-hmm. and her just her ties there. Mm-hmm. And even leaving, like I was just thinking of her birth mom, mm-hmm. like we were traveling so far away yeah. from from all of that. And when she, you know, although I'm Chinese American and I can kind of preserve her language a little bit, she's going to be American. Mm-hmm. And the next time she comes back to China to visit, she mm-hmm. will feel like a visitor. Right. Um, and I really mourn that loss mm. for her. I feel like there is such a, and she didn't, of course, she's not able to fully mm. comprehend that when yeah. she left. But when we adopt, 
there is a beautiful redemptive mm-hmm. thing and them becoming part of our family, but there's mm-hmm. also this mourning of loss. Mm-hmm. It's a severed tie mm-hmm. to their home, their mm-hmm. biological family and their homeland if we're adopting right. internationally. Um, and that is traumatic. Right. And these kids are going through trauma mm-hmm. and to, to parent them and love them through trauma and see the healing because we have definitely seen... Mm-hmm. It's only been two years that we've had mm-hmm. Hannah at home, but the tremendous healing that has yeah. come and how she feels safe and secure and loved no matter what. You know, one of the things I try to remind her, even when I'm disciplining her, mm-hmm. is that I might um, be upset at her behavior. Mm-hmm. I'm, I always love her mm-hmm. like forever and that's never going to change. Mm-hmm. And just reassuring her that she's part of our family right. forever and that I'm so happy I get to be her mom. Mm-hmm. I think that's unique in how I discipline her. I don't have to reassure my biological kids right. of that when I right. discipline them, but I try to have that kind of restoration mm-hmm. in the relationship of like this relationship is secure mm-hmm. no matter what. Right. When it comes to disciplining her and mm-hmm. just realizing some of her her behavioral um, issues, um, it takes longer. Mm-hmm. You know, it mm-hmm. takes longer to kind of for her to absorb that, and she maybe testing to see, you know, do you still love me? Mm-hmm. Are you still going to be here for me? Right, right. So how special it is to have, so you're a mom, does she speak in Mandarin? Oh yeah, yeah. she speaks to Mandarin to Hannah yeah. and she cooks, you know, authentic yeah. Chinese cuisine to right. Hannah, which Hannah loves. That is so it's, sweet. It's really a gift. For us, you know, there were moments where, you know, it might be, trigger loss to maybe bring food from their home country mm-hmm. or, you know, it, or even having adults come in and speaking the language to our mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. Now for mm-hmm. Hannah, it's so different because it's, you know, it's a grandmother and mm-hmm. an aunt and other relatives. Yeah. Who, yeah. And I think that is a gift not everybody mm-hmm. gets. Um, so we're, we're very thankful for that. And, you know, she's lost a lot of language already. Okay. We're trying to keep up some of it. Mm-hmm. But I think there is an understanding. Mm-hmm. I think that, I mean, she even like looks like us. Right. So that is also something that, you know, I can point to that, mm-hmm. you know, you you look like mommy and we're both Chinese. Mm-hmm. And um, even her sisters. And There's her sisters like, who are half yeah. Chinese. But yeah. And it's so that's an advantage. But I also feel like, you know, you don't necessarily have to have that Mm. in order just to have that same, you know, of course, that same bond. Mm. And one of the other gifts is just to have, you know, if you don't have that, to have people Mm. like you've done, Sasha, Mm -hmm. in your life who are the same ethnicity as your Mm -hmm. child, as a babysitter or as kind of an auntie Mm -hmm. and to to bring over and and keep some of those things in your traditions and things from their mm-hmm. culture in their life. Cause you, you don't want that to be erased. Right. You want to celebrate that as something mm-hmm. that's um, wonderful about, about them um, and about what they bring to your family. Mm-hmm. Another wonderful gift we have, as I mentioned earlier, is Tim's sister is adopted. Mm-hmm. And so she, we brought her to China with oh, us too. Wow. I, didn't <laughs> I didn't mention that. that. Yeah. Her name's Lisa. So we brought okay. Lisa over and it was a, almost like a full circle experience for Lisa, just to see how kind of from witnessing how much we loved Hannah Mm. and all all the effort that we went through to adopt Hannah um, and our love for her. And it just kind of showed her kind of a a picture of that and how much she was, she was loved. Um, And then I really feel like Lisa and Hannah have 
a special relationship. Mm. And when, as Hannah grows older and has questions about mm-hmm. her identity and struggling with that, mm. she has someone to turn to. Right. So that's a that's a sweet relationship that really, too. That's beautiful. That was really special in our family for, you know, when we were in process again to bring home another child for our adopted kids and our biological kids to, I mean, they would get so excited about the whole process, you know, and just couldn't wait to bring their sibling home. Mm -hmm. And so for each one of our kids to be reminded of just the, how cherished, how wanted, yeah, how yes. loved and excited right. you are to yeah. have them. Yes. Yeah. It's it and the anticipation just builds as you as it gets closer. And so it is really special for people to kind of go back and either see it through a different lens. Yes, and yes. um just yeah, that's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about the orphanage she was in Hannah was in well um so she was she went first to a state-run orphanage so they had a baby safe house Mm -hmm. right outside the gates of the orphanage where she um was found about five when she was five months old she only stayed at the state-run orphanage which had like 800 children in that in that orphanage for she only stayed like two months because of her heart condition they couldn't take care of her Mm -hmm. and they asked new day to step in and Mm -hmm. new day foster home just took in kids who needed life-saving surgeries mm. and depending on how many beds they have available they took in kids from all over China wow. so Hannah was fortunate enough to land there their Christian organization run by American staff but Chinese okay. nannies so they were able to raise the funds needed mm. to provide a surgery that she desperately needed at 11 mm. months old she had the surgery and it was really well done surgery mm. for her heart yeah, we didn't know when we got her whether she mm. would need another surgery right mm. away. But she was so, we were so blessed that she was well cared mm. for in China. She ended up going, once she recovered from the surgery, she went to live with a foster family. Okay. And then would just go into New Day for preschool. Mm. So she had lots of transitions, mm-hmm. but in each place, I feel like she was cared for. Yes. That's beautiful. And did you meet other families when you were there? And have you stayed connected? Yeah, one um, we did travel with a group from our um, agency. Uh-huh. Um, we found out before we traveled there was another family from Georgia that okay. was going and adopting a little boy around Hannah's age. Mm-hmm. So we connected with them and traveled together with them the whole two mm-hmm. weeks we were in China. And the little boy, that family and I have kept in touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we ended up uh, meeting like just God orchestrated yes. another like meeting with that family mm. when we were on vacation in Florida they stayed they were at the same hotel wow uh, we didn't know we were traveling to there together this was like a year later after we adopted and we wow. hadn't seen each other we kind of kept in touch didn't see each other but mm. then we ended up being in Orlando at the same hotel oh my goodness. at the same pool at the same time that is crazy did um, you just recognize each yes! other from- <laughs> we recognized each other and then Hannah wow. and this little boy his name is oh. Nathan we're just oh. ended up playing together and just having a ball and so it was just such a gift even for them just to see you know that they live together in china and then just to see well they were at different orphan they were at different places but okay we you met up when you were there Mm -hmm. so you spent time together during your stay they originated at the same state-run orphanage but ended up going to different foster homes okay so they're originally from the same area of china 
and around the same age. Okay. Um, so mm. just having that connection, um, yeah. which I'm sure like we'll try to stay in touch right. through, I mean, lifetime. We would yeah. love to continue Because you, you never know. You, yes. Yeah, oh, this could yes. be your <laughs> future spouse. No. That's so sweet. Yeah. What just a... so many gifts that God gives us yes. when we're like not even looking for them. Right. Where I just feel like, God, you're watching over these kids. Mm. You have a special plan for mm-hmm. their lives. Like, because you just continue to give us surprises. Right. And so that was one of the sweet yeah, surprises. That's really sweet. There is so many times just in our journey, I would cry out to the Lord. You don't control any of the journey and it's, you're so aware of that, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. I feel like when we were waiting to bring our kids home, I was very just in need for just seeing those little things along the way that this is where I want you to be. You're not crazy. You didn't imagine this whole thing. There really is a child that I have for your family. And um, so I just remember when we get those little just reminders of his presence Mm -hmm. or just that he is orchestrating it, those only God moments, Mm -hmm. they were life-giving they are because it is so hard sometimes yeah. in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. And it's hard in the journey of going to get your child. Right. So I feel like they were like little confirmations that God yeah. gave us that this is your child. But then after you bring them home, mm-hmm. it's hard in a different way. Right. And you need you still need those little gifts and confirmations yes. that, okay, you're on the right path. Right. There was a blog that helped me after mm-hmm. we got home and it's called... Um, I think it's called Hope at Home. Mm. And I wanted to share a quote from it um, that, again, this like quote showed up on my Mm. Facebook feed the moment I needed it. And it says, the same Jesus Christ who worked miracles in your heart and who did supernatural things to bring your child home is the same Jesus who dwells in you today Mm. to parent your child. Expect the supernatural. Expect help wisdom, direction, and revelation in this stage of the adoption journey, just as you did in those earlier stages. Mm. And I think we'll, we'll face, you know, my, my little Hannah is just five. Mm -hmm. And I think along the way, I'm sure we'll face different challenges, joys and Mm -hmm. challenges. But just to remember, I think that God is continuing Mm -hmm. just as he showed up in the journey to bring her to like match Mm -hmm. us like miraculously and that and showed up so many points through these first early years um, Mm -hmm. that he will continue to show up when we need him. And so I just, I kind of have to continue to trust Mm -hmm. and, and just even looking back Mm -hmm. at how far she's come. Right. Because she has really, I mean, just come so far physically the first couple of months she was just eating, eating, eating. Mm -hmm. And she grew an inch in two months, the first two months she came home. And just so many ways that she just started to flourish language. Mm. She didn't speak that much in China. And then she just started having a wow. language explosion after she got to us and yeah. and couldn't stop talking. Yes. And so like there's so many beautiful ways in which she's flourishing, but also then you're not expecting setbacks too mm-hmm. when you face those yeah. um, setbacks, which do happen and right. regression and mm-hmm. just points where you're like, oh, I thought you were farther along. Right. But that we continue to trust and expect God to work in mm-hmm. those moments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So good. So true. We've touched a little bit on just those moments of where you you kind of do feel the darkness and you feel like you don't know what you're doing and you're where you are exhausted. And what have been some glimmers of hope or 
some tangible ways the Lord has kind of entered in to those spaces for you. And it may be through, you know, a friend or like you said, through a blog. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes we can't even leave the house, you know, Mm -hmm. really when you're supposed to cocoon and you can't really, and you can't, and, and it's important in those early years to really to be the one there for your child and not be passing them off. And, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's also exhausting. So Mm -hmm. sometimes it is through a blog or, you know, a phone call or something, but are there other ways that the Lord provided hope in the darker days? Yeah. I think I had to reach out. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to reach out to this adoption, the parent, the mothers Mm -hmm. of the adoption group and be really vulnerable. Like I am, I am at, the end of myself yeah. um, and they could all relate there's no right. judgment right um i had to reach out to get counseling yeah and i had to reach out to god mm-hmm. <laughs> directly you know mm-hmm. um and so i just felt like in every way that i could kind of reach out in that when i was in that darkest place and then god, god continued to meet yeah. me right. um and even last night i was mm. getting back home and you know you're tired at the end of the day and you're trying just to get her mm-hmm. to bed and this is a little thing but she like no, she's not supposed to use a lot of toilet paper. Yeah. And she like pulled out <laughs> half the roll, just trying to get her to bed. Yes. Yeah, there's <laughs> a like, game oh. going on. Yeah. <laughs> and I just felt that like mm-hmm. kind of impatience rising within mm-hmm. me. And we always have this routine at night and we mm-hmm. read the Jesus Storybook Bible. Yeah. And the story that yesterday, mm-hmm. last night, was on Saul and how Ananias mm-hmm. met him when he was just, he had been blinded mm-hmm. by the light. And Ananias' name means like, the grace of God or something mm. like that. And how Paul, who was so like works righteousness oriented, mm. like became the messenger of grace. Yeah. And as I was reading that story to Hannah, I was mm. like, this is exactly mm. what you need to, what God needed to speak into my life. Yeah. It's just that uh, God's grace has been poured out into mm. my life, grace mm-hmm. upon grace. And how now I'm like giving grace to this child Mm -hmm. and learning to, you know, it's not easy, but grace upon grace to this child because I've been given grace upon Mm -hmm. grace. And so I was Mm -hmm. able just to tell her in that moment how much I love her Mm -hmm. and that I was upset again at not, Mm -hmm. not at her, but at what she did at the Mm -hmm. behavior um, and not at her and just how much Mm -hmm. I love her and always will. Mm -hmm. And so... And that was just a moment of God's grace to me, right. giving me that Bible story yes. at that right moment. Right. Just think each moment when we're in need, yeah. if we cry out to God, like He will, in whatever channel, yeah. like just speak to us right. what exactly we need for that day yes. and that moment. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And how He so often uses little children to teach big adults, mm-hmm. you know, and just, mm-hmm. and I and that's been a yeah. really interesting piece of my journey is just, um, you know, when when God calls you into this space, there's so much that you are learning about yourself yes. and even maybe your story that you yes. have. And so as we're watching our children being transformed, and so much of it is this physical transformation. I mean, our kids, I, I remember one of our kids, they came home when they were six and within they were wearing like size 3T clothing. They jumped in a year from size 3T to size 8. Oh, I mean, it was amazing, just this the remarkable change. Remarkable. But just how, you know, that's what's going on in our hearts too. I mean, we are in many ways being stripped of things that 
we didn't even know were there, um, things that I know needed to change in my own heart. Yeah. And and it's a hard thing. Change, change is hard yeah. for all of us. And, you know, so often when we um, bring children into our homes, they have lost so much, they've changed so much, but as families, we there's areas that we need to change. So are there ways that you yes. as a family or even your girls had to, yes. as a group, okay, <laughs> bend or I don't know. I mean, I think for me, and I'll speak mm-hmm. for myself first, I am a recovering perfectionist. Yeah. <laughs> so, And I like things for, to be in order. And, you know, when you bring home a child who's gone through trauma, there is no order mm-hmm. and there's no, the schedule that you had envisioned, mm-hmm. like it's just out the window. And I think God was stripping me of that mm-hmm. and how much I love that order. It's mm-hmm. almost an idol. Right. And I, I just felt like, and, you know, I would get impatient when things aren't the way that I envision things going Mm -hmm. um, for that day. It sounds so silly. But Hannah, you know, I'm not perfect and she loves me fiercely. (laughs) And I'll apologize to her. I'm Mm -hmm. so sorry. Mommy lost her patience. Mm -hmm. And and she's always so quick to forgive me. And she doesn't expect perfection from me. And she just loves me. Isn't that amazing? Like I can learn so much from this little child who loves me so fiercely and is so ready to forgive me each time I say I'm sorry. Um, And so I just... um, yeah, that's just another grace. Yeah. Um, and I think for each of my children, I've seen them grow so much through mm. the adoption. And for my oldest, this nurturing side mm. that we didn't see in her before just mm-hmm. like blossomed. Mm. And for my middle, she was always my baby mm-hmm. and we we're really close. So it was hardest on her mm. because she had to learn to be more independent because mm-hmm. um, I didn't have as much energy and attention to give her. Mm-hmm. And yet she was so giving. Like yeah. she was like, I know Hannah needs you right now mm-hmm. and she needs your attention. And yet at the same time, she was craving it, yeah. you know, but she learned how to grow and become mm-hmm. more mature and independent in that way. And so I just feel like we've all kind of had to adjust yeah. and grow through that process. Mm-hmm. And it's been a really beautiful thing, but also hard in the right. midst of it. Yeah. But, you know, like I, like I said, I think Hannah has taught us a lot about just how much she, she loves. And I think what she's, she just is very brave. I mm-hmm. think to open her heart to love us so hard mm-hmm. is like, cause she's, she's lost so much. Yeah. And to love again and to love hard mm. and to love big, like she is just so brave in that. Mm. And so um, that's probably one of the biggest things I've learned from her. That love being unconditional. You know, it's sad as adults that we have learned conditional love or we need to clean up before we come mm-hmm. or present well in order to be accepted. But that's been a really beautiful thing with adoption that we see we are in the mess together, the hard of just doing life together. You know, none of us are perfect. And it was, I just remember feeling like even watching my children just accepting me, like you said, as this imperfect mother. And just it brought healing in my life in spaces that I didn't even realize were there. That's exactly right. I feel like I wasn't aware of places that needed healing. Right. Um, And somehow in her vulnerability Mm -hmm. and her need, And then in her ability to Mm -hmm. love, like it stripped things away. And inside I was like, oh, like Mm. she's teaching me how to be vulnerable and to receive and to be okay with not being perfect and still loved. Mm -hmm. And um, that's That's such a Yeah. Well, is there 
you know, one other thing that you wanted to just kind of end with or just a, maybe a piece of encouragement to um, a family that is maybe in the thick of it or um, in the waiting? I think just that God is with you. Mm. And that sounds so basic, but he's with you in the waiting. He's with you in the hard and he's with your child. Mm. And so I think just knowing that, you know, we're going to make mistakes. We're not going to get it right all the time, Mm -hmm. but somehow like God gives us more than our lack. Like, you know, when we, Mm. we don't parent well, or when we feel like we fail, Mm. like, I just feel like he, and we cry out to God that he kind of like, it's in that moment that I almost feel like he fills us And then his grace is able to cover over like Mm. our imperfections, Mm -hmm. our mistakes. And that I think there's a a verse about how like love covers a multitude Mm. of sins. Mm -hmm. And I've just kind of held on to that verse that like that he gives us the love that we need to love our children and what they need. And then he covers he covers over us Mm -hmm. you know, in his Mm. love. I think that would be what I would want to encourage people that you don't have to get it right right all the time. And God's grace is enough and sufficient. Amen. If you're enjoying our show, please take a moment and help us spread the word. Share about it on social media or leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It really helps people find the show. Adopting Hope is a production of Christianity Today. It was produced by Mike Cosper, Joyce Dalrymple, and Sasha Parker. It was edited and mixed by Alex Carter. Our theme song, We've Got This Hope, was by Ellie Holcomb. We'll be back next week with another story. Thanks for listening. Every day, CT testifies to the reality that Jesus is alive, transforming his world and bringing his kingdom to bear. Jesus transforms, CT equips. Make a gift to our nonprofit ministry with a gift of $20 to provide 150 more people with redemptive storytelling, global perspective, and thoughtful podcasts. Give now at morect.com equip.